0: To think that I went on Strictly Come Dancing, which is ballroom dancing, and somehow made history by twerking, I'm like, you know what, Jamaica, give me the
1: flag, give me the flag, Jamaica, come on. On this episode of What If, we are talking to stand-up comedian, loose women and former social worker, Judy Love. Rosie,
2: don't you think stand-up comedy, that'd be the hardest thing in the whole world okay. to do? I don't, you. know how, I, I don't know how I anybody does that, I know. you? Hello, Judy. Hi! Hello, Rosie <laughs> and
0: Lorraine. Lorraine and Rosie, it's a pleasure to be with the both of you. Oh, oh so thank good. you so thank much you. for
1: joining us. Um, did you always want to make people laugh?
0: Do you know what, I think I did. I mean, I grew up in, you know, a West Indian household, Jamaican parents, uh, working class from East London. And I just, I just remember always being in a situation, uh, whether it was like something happy, like a wedding, christening, or funeral. My mum was like the head of the family, so when everything was going down, they'd always flock to Auntie Lilette's house. She'd mm. do the cook up, and everybody would be there. And I just remember being this kid. Uh, in the middle of the front room, the front room that you was allowed to use because we was that kind of family where you had one front room where no one was allowed in Mm -hmm. unless it was the pastor. Unless it was the pastor (laughs) or the counsellor or somebody, no one weren't going in there. And um, so we was in the front room where everyone would gather. And I just remember like either mocking my mum or doing some kind of facial expressions or pretending to be my auntie or something and everyone laughing. And I, I do remember that feeling of like, you know, just want to bring joy to the family. So, yeah, mm. I suppose inside yeah, I've always wanted to make people laugh.
2: Yeah, of course. And what were you like at school? Or did you do that at school as well? Ooh, were Lorraine, you- I wouldn't <laughs> like to see a school report now, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I mean, at school,
0: I definitely was like the class clown. And, mm. um, you know, I was, I was a chubby girl. I, I don't know if people like the word chubby, but it's my reality. That's the word I use. I was a chubby girl and I found that, you know, making people feel happy and being the centre of attention in in the comedy aspect, I didn't realise what it was, the comedy aspect, was probably my way of navigating through that. And there was a period of my life where I was about eight, nine, my mum was really severely sick and was in hospital. So I think I use that whole laughter to kind of get through my own adversities. Um, And, you know, I went to a great school, uh, George Mitchell, in Leighton and it and that was a secondary school and I went to Cyborn Junior School and it was so vibrant. It was a Wolf and Forest. It was vibrant, there was a mix about different cultures and it was it was just a lovely warm school. So going there I I just got to be my best self and maybe not do as much work as I was supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I I definitely secondary school is much more like Judy. Uh, Yeah, and detentions. So yeah.
1: (laughs) And when did you kind of realise that you could make a career out of of being funny? Was it something that you always wanted to do?
0: You know, as a child, I used to sit down on the sofa on a Sunday with my mum and watch like, I remember watching like Oscars and things like that and award shows and thinking, wow, look at these beautiful, amazing people. Like they must have been picked from God himself, Mm. out of the world, like it it takes a particular person to be on the TV. So I never thought it was something that I could actually achieve, but I always thought, oh, wouldn't it be amazing to be able to like entertain people? I wasn't sure that it was stand-up comedy. And I mentioned that Whoopi Goberg was one of the people that I first saw and thought, oh my gosh, like she looks like me. She's Mm. dark like me. She's got the natural hair like me. But I didn't know it was possible. I didn't know that you could train and to be an actor or an actress, I didn't know that there was ways to become a presenter and stuff like that. And it's not until, there was always periods I'd done little bits, you know, a little bit of drama schools or I was in the play at school, or I'd find community stuff to do. But I'd say it's not until maybe around, yeah, like early thirties you know, Mm. 29, yeah, early 30s, definitely after my mum passed away that I thought I really had a a moment of reflection around life. You know, when you see someone that you love so closely pass away, it makes you think about, well, what is this life about? And if it's so fickle in the sense of like, you know, we we don't know what tomorrow holds. Why am I wasting time? I need to be Mm. in the presence. I need to be in now. And I really went into a kind of deep soul-searching Kind of sister. (laughs) Mm. I read every single Oprah book, every single um, Yala Van Zandt book, Maya Angelou book, and really started to think about my purpose. And then I was like, yeah, I I think I'm I'm supposed to make people laugh because I found that in every area I went, that was the thing. And I remember um, there was a show I watched and they were talking about purpose and they were saying, think about the thing that everyone always says to you that you're good at. Or the thing that always comes up, whether Mm. you meet a new group, whether you're around, you know, in a different environment. That one thing that keeps on coming up and what kept on coming up for me was I always somehow made people laugh or people say, oh, you're so funny. So I thought, OK, maybe I'm supposed to do something with this. And then I was told to do stand up. And yeah, that's that's how that's how it started.
2: Well, it strikes me that you're somebody who's a real carer, you know, you look after people. You talked about, you know, you, you looked after your mum, and and you obviously look after your kids. And you, you, yeah. you're somebody that trying. <laughs> <you know? laughs> but you are someone like that. And it, I suppose no one should be surprised that you you actually worked and trained, and you know you've got degrees, and you 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 were a social worker, um, which yeah. I which has to be one of the toughest and most underrated of jobs because the only time we ever hear about social workers is when something very sadly goes wrong. We we never yeah. hear about the 99.9% of cases where you do incredible work and change lives and make life better for families.
0: Yeah, Lorraine, I, was, I so appreciate you saying that for the social workers that are out there now working. I'll tell you what, it's it's one of the hardest jobs um, ever. You've got to understand for social workers, they are working a lot of the times in trauma-based um, environments and situations and circumstances and they are constantly especially nowadays are working in crisis and we'd say crisis happens every six every six weeks so you're you're literally just trying to get someone through a crisis to manage it for those weeks until another crisis comes in. And imagine dealing with that and having caseloads on your hands of managing, literally managing people's lives mm. and then trying to manage your own. Um, I did social care for some years, working with young people, youth offending and and adults. And, and then I, you know, I finally, after some years, strange enough, I just thought to myself... I want to do a master's in social work. I think that was a part of me, like I've always been in the care field. A lot of the significant women in my life, family members, um, have been in social care as well. And um, I think there was a lot as well of, when I think about uh, first generation and generation that came over from the Windrush West Indian, what I grew, grew around they were nurses or carers Mm -hmm. or cooks. So it just seemed like the natural progression and seemed like I had a lot of experience and personal experience in that. And then I thought to myself, I wanted to do my masters because I found out I was dyslexic. So I wanted to see how far, yeah, how far I could push myself. You know, I felt like I was ticking every box of a stereotype in the sense of I was a single mum. You know, I was living in social housing. Um, being an ethnic minority, you know, those things seem to have a higher rate of a stereotype and I didn't get great GCSEs. I was a single parent. So I wanted to push myself out of those box that would usually be ticked, um, and thought to myself, let me, let me see how far I can push myself in education. And I, I, honestly, I went back, I went back and did my maths and English again, you know, as a, as an adult, um. And and then I went and did like a a foundation course to get me the accreditation to be able to go into uni. And then I did my first degree, which was in the arts because I knew that's where my um you know my talents and mm. and passion lied. And then you know I finished that degree with a two one. And then I went on a year or two later and did my my masters. Uh, and I really believe in whether like I said, following your purpose and really being still for a moment to feel like if this is where you're supposed to go. Because with my masters, I applied and they said, I'm so sorry, there's no spaces. And this was the last year where you could get that kind of support and social working was changing. And I was like, oh my gosh, how is this possible? And they were like, no, there's no way, there's no more spaces. And then by chance, I phoned one day to have a conversation about applying the next year and what are the changes are coming in. And the lady was like, well, you know, you're going to be, you would have finished your first year by then. And I was like, no, what do you mean? She goes, well, yeah, I've got your, your student number. You you, you start in two weeks. And I was mm. like, what are you talking about? Wow. And she was like, yeah. And I said, but they told me there was no space. She goes, oh no, it seems like a space came up and you just was automatically generated. I was like, wow. oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I did that, um, 2016 and uh yeah i was qualified working in social care and i think my, my last social work job it, it took longer for me to get the job than to uh be in it it took about five months for all my paperwork to come through and then i stayed there for like four months and i remember my manager sitting me down and saying hmm i've never had a social worker work with us for so short and he was like what is it you're going to do and i, I told him i said oh, you know i'm doing a bit more like TV and stand up stuff, mm, and mm. I'm, I'm I'm going to do that. And he and he just looked at me and said, "You know what? Yeah, I'm I'm proud of you. Go and go and do what your heart desires. Mm. Um, and I'm I'm sure you'll be good at. Oh, that's yeah,
1: it
2: lovely. Nice. Yeah. That that's so good. But what if that person hadn't dropped I know. out? Yeah. What 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 if you haven't made that phone call? It's just one of those things. What, it? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my if goodness, I never made
1: the phone call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or if they had stayed and not dropped out. And you hadn't done your oh, masters. Oh, I know. I know. Do you ever think about what what you'd be doing now? I, or? Do you
0: know what? I probably would have waited a year and then applied again, which mm. you know, in turn, would have changed the situation of where totally. we are at yeah. now. Yes. But I do believe in you know, um, some things are aligned for you, mm-hmm. um, especially if you open yourself to really focusing on on your intuition mm. and uh, and your feelings and and how you connect. Uh, with the world, and I think that's what's definitely got me
2: here. It's Mm. quite a difficult... Well, not difficult, but it's quite a... Well, I guess it is a tough, a tough choice to make where there you are and your you know, your career is doing really well because you've got all these qualifications now. But then, the, you, you know, your heart is saying, this is what I want to do. I want to do. I want to do stand up. And it's that thing yeah. of if you don't try it, how are you going to feel mm. two, three years down the line? You know, and and what was what was the one thing though that made you think, right, I'm going to give this a go?
0: Do you know what I think? It was you know I I decided to, like I said, when my mum passed away, I think that definitely made me look at life. Mm-hmm. And then I I some years later I moved to uh, South London. I I read this book, Maya Angelou, and she said, she, you know, she just put her baby on her shoulder, on her hips, and she and she moved. And I was like, right, I I want to move to South. I, I don't know how I'm gonna get there. And then finally, I got here. And I moved here with with nothing, just me and the kids and some mattresses and, you know, a a cooker, and that was it. And then it was like, I'm never going to know if I can do this unless I put myself 100% in. Mm. So, you know, moved areas, had to move jobs, and then I found a job that was like almost like zero hours so I could fit the hours into what was suitable around my routine. And it, it was, I mean... It was a real struggle. I, I'm, I'm talking about it. it was months. I was like, "Oh gosh, I don't know this. This rent's not getting paid. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going. You know I mean? I don't know what's going to happen. I, how is this going to work?" And I had my manager at the time, and he was just like, "Okay, let's just try and push through. Try and push through. Think about what you want to do." And um, and from there, I think because I got rid of the let me just let me just hold on to this just in case, mm-hmm. but because I I had to. I had to put my 100% in. There was nowhere else to go. You know, sometimes you hit the bottom and you have to work, you go back up, you have to go. There's only one way to go. So I think because there was only one way to go regardless regards to how much energy and time I was going to put into it, it just made me even more passionate mm. about doing it. And that's when I said, right, that's it, this is it, this is what I'm going to do.
1: How old were your kids when you were doing that?
0: Um, if that was 2016 so my daughter was about 11 and my son was about seven but I started comedy when say 2010 2011 Mm. so you know my daughter then was about seven and my son was about three so it was a real struggle you know babysitters and so on and getting through babysitters was always an issue anyway but and you know being a single parent but I I had people around me that you know, who had made love throughout the years. And they were like, sis, you know what? <laughs> we got you. Do you know what I mean? Like, we know times are hard. You've got the chicken, I've got the rice. We'll eat, we'll be good. I babysit yours on a Monday, you babysit mine mm. on a Friday. And that's how we worked through it. And, and that's why it's so important to have your tribe and your community mm-hmm. um, and your your family. You can build your family and your tribe and your community with the people around you you know sometimes it's not always necessary blood it's just the people that's around you that see you uh and want the best for you
2: mm. and was there one particular moment where you where it just you know you're working away working away big pushing break. pushing pushing what yeah exactly mm. rosie what was what was the big the break for you where things just then started falling into place
0: do you know what, it was, I would say there was things like, I had some viral videos, that was one thing. But, you know, social media, like, yeah, social media's go viral. And then there was, we'd been called to do GMB TV. Um, and it was like, okay, so you, you're doing that. You actually step in the building. Like, I think that was, stepping into the building was like, oh, my gosh, um, this is this is strange. And then it, it just was like, I can't explain it, like a little ripple effect of... Mm-hmm different shows coming in and even then I I think as humans especially how life is really busy you get so consumed with what's going on that you're not actually present Mm -hmm. so I found that there were so much different things happening that I was so in shock um that I probably didn't take in what was happening until it's like one day I was on like a big show or I've been asked to come into Loose Women and then you're like Oh, this is this is strange. I did like my first stand up comedy, I think, um, on Harry Hill show and I had a little cameo on one of um Lenny Henry's show and I think those little things came together and I did a show called The Pranksters, um, for Black History Month in the November October, November. So all those bits and you you see people that get bits and you think, Okay, this, you know, little bits, that's fine, you get these bits and see how it, it comes and then it was like I think definitely loose memory was one of the contributing factors of like they've seen all the little bits and then was like, Okay, we got a bit more piece of the pie (laughs) (laughs) But you've been such a
2: such a good um panelist on that show, you know, you really have. You bring such energy. And enthusiasm, Aww. and I love the fact that I mean we were talking about this, weren't we, Rosie, about how you yeah. know the the, the the so-called arguments are Everyone not really arguments. clashes, yeah, so but, then, but then you're pals. Clash, clash. but then your pals, you know, yeah. it's it's about you, you. do that with your girlfriends, don't you? I mean, you you talked about the yeah. support system you've got, but for goodness' sake, me and my friends, you I know, mean, we can vehemently disagree on stuff, but then it's yeah. fine. I mean, we're not we're not yeah. we're not we're falling not out. One another, it's, yeah. it's just part of being friends and exchanging views. It is, and it, it's 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 great
0: to work with women who, I mean, we're talking about a multitude of skills here, from singers mm. to uh, actors to journalists. You know, definitely one of my highlights last year was being. Sitting on your sofa with you, I was just like, I'm on the show! <laughs>
2: well, I was delighted to have you. It was, it was, it was lovely. It really was. It was absolutely lovely. It was great. And I, and I yeah. do love the fact that you're, you're enjoying what you do. You know, this is, this is what you're supposed to be doing. Mm. Interestingly, you mentioned Whoopi Goldberg earlier. You know, saying that mm. you, you know, she was, I guess, a role model for you. But there's not mm. that many. And I'm not just talking about you know black women. There's not that many women. Comedians, Mm. you know, you think about, obviously, you know, obviously you mentioned Whoopi, but you think of people like Victoria Wood, people like that. Sandy. Um, Of course, Sandy Toksvig, who's brilliant. But you're kind of, you know, there's not that many. I mean, you're now doing what Whoopi Goldberg did for you to the next generation Mm -hmm. of, of young girls who are coming through.
0: It's crazy. I, it really is, and I, 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 you know, I think one of the things you hear, especially about female comedians, you hear people say, "Oh my gosh, I don't really like female comedians, but you're funny for a female comedian." <laughs> There's a real thing about that like, out thanks. there. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, you know, let's see if I'm funny when I walk away. You know what <laughs> I mean? There's a real thing out there about that. And yes, we work in a a a, a career that is definitely dominated by males you know, and we could even see that we talk about comedians, but you know, there's your daytime show as a leading woman that we can look up to, but evening time, there's not as many leading female talk show hosts. So for me, being in industry and being able to see all these amazing women that I work around is so empowering and it's so inspiring. And you know, I look forward to seeing more and I Hearing you say that, oh, my gosh, somebody else will look at me and feel like, oh, maybe they can do that. I feel mm. that that's a part of the whole purpose.
2: Mm. Yeah. Because it is hard, isn't it, mm. to try? It's
1: that sort of the... We've had so many people on saying you can only be what you see. Yes, exactly. Can, uh, yeah,
0: it, exactly. It, it, and, I, and I really, you know, how I know, sometimes you could walk around and there's things subconsciously going on in your mind and you don't realise. And it's, it's not until... We did. I get a lot of people who message me, oh my God, seeing you on Loose Women, seeing you on TV, seeing all these different shows, being your authentic self, talking about being Jamaican but British mm. born, um, food, the culture, um, and, and that that fusion of being black and British. Is, it's not something that's really looked at. It's just you're black or you're English. And, and mm. I think I've got, you know, I, my culture is, is different to just being Jamaican. You know, I was born in the UK. I love a fish and chips on a Friday, but I might put pepper <laughs> sauce on it. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, yeah. such a. <laughs> yes. I cook. I cook British food, but then it's got a little bit extra in it because of the the Jamaican in me. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I had a lot of messages regarding that. But then when we did, uh, the all black panel cast for Loose Women. Oh, honestly, Lorraine and Rosie, I I, I had this like. I had a real nervousness in my stomach. Mm-hmm. Like it was a real nervous moment, and and they said, "Oh, we're gonna do it." And he's like, oh, "Okay, great." You know, it's really a, it's amazing. And then you're like, "Oh, you know." So when was this? It's never been done. So then you have to sit in the moment of, "Okay, all right, we're doing this, but it's never been done." Yeah, and then we're doing it in a moment after the George Floyd situation. So you've got all that emotion and trauma, secondary trauma, I'd say, on you. And then it's like, okay, this is amazing to be celebrated. It's fantastic. And then I turn to, it makes me emotional now. I turn to the left, and I see these two women that look like me. I turn to the right, and I see another one that looks like me. And then I'm there. They're looking at me, and I look, and it's just like this. This is it's it. it was so overwhelming, and and then it's other people who have been in the game who are not black. Who are allies that are like, actually, this needs to happen. Mm -hmm. This needs this need not needs to be done just because of the situation over the years, but in general, there wasn't, we didn't couldn't source the other women from different places. This needs to happen. And then you record it, and then you stop. And honestly, as soon as Brenda stopped singing, like as she was singing, the tears were coming. And it was, you think to yourself out oh, of tears, is because, you know, Brenda was singing beautifully, which she does. And then you realise there's so much more to this. This is like, when my mum's worked somewhere and not felt like she was accepted. When another child at school was told her hair can't be like that. When another child, a black woman that had more qualifications but never got the job because they were concerned about her appearance or you know all those little things and and whether that comes to your race your culture your sexuality your size all of that emotion came with me. and i looked and honestly the producers the director the cameraman the microphone man the runners we was all crying and mm. i'm i'm not talking about no pretty crying yeah <laughs> yeah i saw some ugly crying up in there <laughs> <laughs> They were all crying. We were sobbing for, it, it was so emotional. And then the response was, it, 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 as you can see, I, I, I just got emotional talking yeah. about it. It's something right. I, will, I will never, never forget.
2: Big mm, deal, a big never. deal. It'll be an even bigger deal when it's not a big deal, if you know what I mean. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know what, Lorraine. I'm glad you said it because I say it, I say it as well, and it's true, and we know that, and we've done it more times than it. And it's and some. I think people might think, oh, was it just because of this situation? How come it's not done all the time? But it's actually calendars, you know, mm, getting sure. everybody yeah, in at course. the same time. And so, yeah, when it when it's not a big deal, uh, that's when you know
2: we've really done the work.
1: Go to your happy place for a happy
2: price. Go to your happy price, price line. You do so much um, really interesting work. And also, I know that you've been acting as well, because we'll see you in Knots and Crosses. Um, th- now and the Circle Riches. I yes, a show riches as I remember, well. I remember. Uh, is this an area that you want to go into more? Is it something that you feel very comfortable in?
0: You know what? I would like to do a bit more acting to be honest with you when I was a kid I think that was the more thing that I thought I would do I wanted to do should I say I wanted to be a, an actor that was more of that was resonating on my mind more than a stand-up because I don't think I really understood stand-up I thought about <laughs> being a funny actor like you know Whoopi Goldberg and, and, and um is it Goldie Hawn oh yeah. yes yeah. or Don French yes. French and Saunders Dorf, all mm, the French nah. and Saunders, yeah, 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 yeah. all of those that's what I used to watch and be like these women are so even when I met dawn French I was overwhelmed uh it, it's just one of those it's just one of those things you meet these women and you're like mm-hmm. you don't understand how remarkable you are um so yeah I definitely would love to get a bit more into acting it, it's, it's no joke at least as a stand-up I can write my own script and set and go up and and be myself but to actually get into the role uh, is something else I'm obsessed with Sarah Lancashire. Is it Lancashire? <gasps> oh, my
2: goodness. Isn't she the best? I mean, happy family. Oh, I, oh. Happy, let me tell you, oh. Sarah, if you're listening to this podcast, which I know you will because this is global, right, girl. I'm
0: just warning from now. If you see a big-eyed black woman running up to you, don't be scared. It's just me. Okay, I'm, I'm going to freak out. I'm obsessed with her. Mm. I think she is phenomenal. Um, and you look at people like that and you just think, wow, Mm -hmm. like, where does it... It's just so great. So, yeah, I'm not on that level, but hey. (laughs) No, but the thing is, it's that
2: naturalness, isn't it? Yeah, She's so natural and believable. Makes it look easy when actually she's probably... You really Mm. obviously worked very, very hard to get as good as she she is.
1: It's so interesting you say that you find acting... I mean, stand-up, it's your own thing, and acting is someone else's, but I would find stand-up to be more nerve-wracking because it is just you. Yeah. Whereas with acting, it's like... I don't know. You can sort of blame it on the director if it's rubbish, but like you can't do yeah. that with stand-up. You can't.
0: You can't hide stand-up. Yeah. I'd say, and and this is no disrespect to any other form of um, entertainment, but I think if you if you're a singer and you go on the stage, everyone has to be. The, the thing is to be silent and mm. watch you perform, or sing alongside you and then clap at the end. But with stand-up. You need that response mm. for the performance to move forward. So there is that gut wrenching moment when you get on, and it's like you bust a little bit of a joke, and you wait for the laugh to come in. It comes in, and you're like, "Oh!" If it doesn't come in, you're like, "Oh!" There's no one else to turn to. <laughs> like I, I can't, I can't do a long note and try and hold it out and hope that will win them towards the end of the song. It's it, yeah. It is. It's a very hard. It's a hard area to to be in. Mm. but it's also I find that's that's a part that is my power source I, I get on there and I feel like yeah I can talk about the things that I want to talk about and uh, I can connect, connect with people I could be in, an audio, in a room with like a thousand people but somehow you feel like you can connect with individuals it's mm. really weird
2: yeah that I think that has to be you have to do that mm. to, to make it it's the kind of thing where if you can do that you can do I think you can, think do, you anything. can do anything absolutely of I cannot think of anything more terrifying no um, and then but I suppose you must I think get, you might be good at it mum oh no I'd be dreadful but I think <laughs> that, that, that <laughs> you have to do though I suppose if it doesn't quite work then you've just got to you've just got to sort of feel the audience I suppose you know it's you just have to mm. kind of and, and almost change things as as you're up there did you do you find that that you don't you don't sort of necessarily go in with a script you just kind of have some ideas mm. in your head and let's see yeah. where it goes let's see where it goes
0: well you you have your set yeah. you'll definitely have your set uh, I always try to look at the audience beforehand um, and there's a difference. There's one where you've got comedy clubs where people just genuinely love comedy. So they're here to listen and get involved. And you've got... The hardest is when you do, like, a corporate gig. Mm. And uh, and they've been served dinner. They're not here for the, the comedy. They're here for either the award or the food or to meet up with someone. So that's really hard. But then when you have your audience that has booked tickets to see you, that's a different thing. Mm. But you do come out and you might drop... You always drop, a like, a warm... Warming up kind of joke to see what you're dealing with. Who's says 80s. Ah. You know what you're kind of dealing with and then you move on. And I think with people who's been doing comedy for so long, they're, they're great at being able to read the audience and know like that joke didn't go well, but they can say it didn't go well and then bring it back to something else. And you're just like, yeah, I, I need 10 more years in the game. Why I can call myself a pro? Do you know what I
1: mean? I saw I saw you in um, uh, the Royal Albert Hall for oh, oh was it Teenage Cancer Trust I think it was yes it was and I magazine do stuff That's with that straight, charity yeah. and I got I got oh. a ticket so I went I went in i would never been in before it was mad you
2: loved don't it you yeah, said yeah it, it was me. great
1: yeah but it was like comedian after comedian but you only have like what ten minutes yeah you don't have a lot of time that, was was that with um, Michael McIntyre or was it no was it, what? Joel.
2: Joel. Joel Dormit.
0: That that good looking fella. Yeah. Let's just say it, he's mean.
2: not bad. He's not bad at <laughs> all. He's he's, he's all, all right. Right, he's right on a Sunday. Right. On, a, sun- he's all on a
0: Sunday, he will do. <laughs> but no, yeah, it, it, it was it was a great show. And yeah, definitely, I think I'm not sure if they knew what acts would be on, but mm. you know, it's for such a positive cause that, you know, people are they're there for the comedy, you know, it, and that's what's beautiful. When you do change you adapt. I I came from comedy more from the black circuit. You know, there's two circuits, unfortunately. Oh, I didn't know that. And, uh, yeah. Some I had the no Irm idea. And the black, yeah, the black circuit, which has been there for years. And, you know, there's comedians that maybe wouldn't get into mainstream comedy. So I started on the black circuit a lot more. And I mean... Let me tell you something, girls. If you want, you want to laugh hard. Mm. I mean, it cult, culturally, we, we laugh from our soul. You gotta flip your head back. You gotta bang a table, <laughs> slap your leg. You know, it, it's that kind of vibe. We we want to laugh away all the adversities, yeah, mm. and then have a good old chat, eat some good food, have a drink, good drink, and then go home feeling a little bit free. So I had to definitely look at the two different audiences and how it works. Um, as I got into mainstream but then if I'm honest I got into mainstream because I was just kind of myself did not seeing that kind of like hello Mm, what's up kind of feeling and um and I've been blessed to be able to still do that and you change as time goes on because you develop your writing and your performance skills not because you've changed from the black circuit to mainstream you just you know and I learned so so much from amazing comedians, um slim, um Angela Mar, Gina Yashere, Richard Blackwood, um mm. you know, it, these are the comedians uh, that you watch, and you're just like, whoa, that that's crazy. Eddie,
2: Eddie Caddy, you've you know Mo, oh, yeah <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. And it's like it's it's interesting that isn't it, because you all learn from one another and that's fine you know that's that's mm-hmm. okay yeah. i think that's good yeah. but i had no idea there was like two separate things
0: no yeah, idea there at is. all I, th- I think it's merging a lot more but there good, is good, good. i think the the thing is what it is when you've got these shows that are predominantly black comedians it's not just for the black audience. but if you don't know about it and you're from a different culture you might be like oh my gosh can i go should i go what's it going to am, am i going to have things that i'm going to relate cuz comedy is about having things that's relatable but it's also about hearing about somebody else's experience and so the beautiful thing now with the black circuit the urban circuit you know you've got a variety of audiences cuz yeah. people are like no we we want to laugh hard and the mainstream is fantastic as well i think because sure. It's got a mix of comedians. It's 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 changed so mm. much.
2: As it should. It just used to be all white men, basically. Mm. We cheeky men, white men. And, you know that was it. And this is the
0: thing. We, this is the thing we've got to talk about with the mainstream. It wasn't even necessary about uh, race and identity. Like you said, sometimes it was class, and it was predominantly mm-hmm. white males. Mm-hmm. Yeah definitely no,
2: definitely mm. i do love a bailey laugh there is just something about laughing from <laughs> your bailey
0: you got a, you got a good you got a good cheeky laugh I, I, love it. I love it i love it yeah And
1: um, we wanted to talk to you about um your motto and so it was, it was the title of your your debut show which is laughter is is healing yeah
2: i love that it's laughter is healing lovely
1: mm. but it's it's kind of what we've been talking about as yeah, well yeah yeah it does it makes you feel better
2: yeah. mm. of course it does
0: of course it does it it does, they say, isn't it? It's it's better to laugh, it's better to laugh than I cry. Yeah, and, I say um, that a lot, actually, yes. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and, I, and I thought to myself, you know what, in my hardest times, you know, being having depression, uh, splitting up with my children's dad, being a single parent, losing my mum... In those hardest times, the thing that got me through was laughing hard with my friends. Mm. Or as a child, being a child carer, laughing hard with my mum or with family members. That's that's what got me through those things. And I think to myself, for me, you know, I've had shows that I've done and I've had um, people come to my shows and, and three people, you know, stand definitely in mind. I had a young lady come to my show and she, you know, she wasn't that well. And, you know, unfortunately, about six months later, she passed away. And before she passed away, I actually went and visited her at a hospital. And to be able to, in that moment where someone feels so vulnerable, unsure, you know, fearful, that you can just connect to them and let them forget, you know, and I don't mean that in a, in a, arrogant way mm. you know because they will always know what's going on but that little that little half an hour like hey it's love oh my gosh it's us slap a fire and we have that conversation I think you know I I'd love people to come to my shows and in that hour they're just releasing some joy they're getting some joy or they're reflecting on the good things and the funny things and even sometimes the hard things It's the hard things that I find The laughter helps you to break it down and get past it or even to open you up to try and deal with it. Uh, And and I just think laughter's got so much more to it than just a quick joke. It's healing, definitely. Mm.
1: Mm. Absolutely. It makes me think of um, Monsters, Inc., Monsters think they remember in the movie when yes, they I do, do. that when they tr- oh, can make the kids right. scream and then they find out that laughter's actually like... Laughter's better at the end, <laughs> you get more energy. I don't know but, why I don't yeah, know about I that, but it's just popped know, in my head. I know. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um you mentioned uh, cooking and food. Um and you won the Christmas version of MasterChef. Yes, Celebrity, celebrity MasterChef, MasterChef. MasterChef, Which is incredible. Yes. Um do you still cook or is it has it always been something that you've loved loved to do?
0: Oh, oh, I still cook. I, I do cook. i obviously much more busy, but I do love mm-hmm. cooking. Um, You know, my mum had the best curry go, you know, in the family. Her food was phenomenal. Um, and she, and she cooked traditional Jamaican food, and then she was a cook for, like, a residential home. So she'd always, you know, mm-hmm. cook real... British food with a little extra spice and so on. Yeah. It. So I I grew up very as we'd say in Jamaica healthy. That that yep. that means chubby. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was a healthy child. <laughs> yeah. So I grew up very healthy, um, and I had good food. And then you know it got to the stage where I had kids and I loved cooking and you started to learn. You know what can I cook? How do I cook? Getting those bits of recipes from my mum. And that kind of fusion, that that Brit jam, mm-hmm. British and Jamaican kind of fusion food, um, and then, yeah, I got asked to do the show, and the, the, the I, I was just overwhelmed that I won, and I did a traditional uh, Christmas Jamaican, like with a twist, mm-hmm. fine dine Jamaican Christmas dinner, and I up to this day I'm just like, wow, I think I did I did like a jerk turkey. And I made like crackling, and then I made like a Scotch bonnet stuffing, and I made a oh gosh, I think it was a Scotch bonnet and cranberry jam. Ooh. Yeah.
2: Oh, I want not. Yeah. Can you do the yeah, nice. Because I can't cook. I'll... I can't do it, Judy. But Rosie's a brilliant cook. Can you do that at Christmas? Really? Next Christmas? Yeah. I'm hopeless. Absolutely you... hopeless.
0: What? you look like
2: someone I could just see you
1: I know, turning around I, know. I'd love, I wish I could all the cookery
2: segments on her show it's fake can do yes I, I never would be doing them absolutely oh, i do that
1: at home I not I, I used to say that
2: and Rosemary you liar she'd be shouting lies you're, you're never going to do that at home you would do it at home but but not me yeah. and, and as well as that of course you did strict yeah. you can move there was me Twinkle Toes yeah. going on there. You can move. Wow. I mean, Twinkle Toes.
0: I just, I just had to try and remember being in the clubs. That's what it is. <laughs> I mean, to think that I went on Strictly Club Dancing, which is ballroom dancing, and somehow I made history by twerking. I'm like,
2: you know what? <laughs> you had to. I had to. Yeah. Jamaica,
0: young. give me the flag. <laughs> give me the flag, Jamaica. Come on. I mean, I took it there. I. It. it we. We knew it was a good dance, and we, the samba was going to be exciting. But my gosh. I did not expect it to go down the way that it went down mm. and then get a video call because Sean Paul decided, like, I've seen this video of this woman and I want to <laughs> talk to her, thank her, and then call in to, to, to Strictly Come Dancing. I mean, I'm still friends with Sean now. We're still talking now. <gasps> That's all cool. yeah, That's yeah. super cool. so, That was unbelievable. And I had, obviously, the gorgeous Graziona. I mean, that went down yeah. mm. as well. But um, it was a fantastic show. I mean, I lost about a stone and a half. I've definitely put it back on. <laughs> back on. Um, but it was, you know, it was as much as it was physically, I, I think it was one of the most physical, physically hard things I've ever done, apart from giving birth. Um, you know, it reminded me, especially as a, as a plus-size woman, that actually, you know... This body still this body still works and I can lose weight. I can mm-hmm. put weight back on. I can be healthier and there's nothing wrong with that. I think body positivity is about treating your body the best way so that it's positive. It's positive in anything that you do, the work that you do, the person you love, the children you love, you know, whatever enjoyment you want to do that your body's at its best optimum. So I was definitely nervous about going on there. And the, res- the response was lovely. Yes, some stuff wasn't great, but that, that's more about trolls. That's not the show. Mm. Yeah, that's more about the trolls. Yeah. You know what I mean? I love that show. And sometimes I think, I wish I could go back and, and really take note of what was going on, because it goes so quickly. Mm. Um, but my gosh, these knees, these knees, these <laughs> knees. Are, Isn't it like eight-hour days my, or something? Like, yeah, hey. hey, you Rosie, let me tell you something. Like, I, just I, moving. I till... 10 o'clock till 6 o'clock at night. When I used to... I've, I've got an app and you put in what you've eaten and mm. and how much calories. When I used to put in dancing for... It was like, yeah, you've burnt 2,000 calories. Wow. And you're like, wow. what? <gasps> what? I can eat this burger. and just, <laughs> I'm okay? And, and that's what I was doing, like burning. It was unreal it was it was unreal i think my main thing was like oh will my body fail me will i be able to um move and i think for me it was really good to put myself in that situation because it definitely made me think a lot more about health mm. um a lot more about things that i can do to uh you know have a better health regime and and to have some more time for self care and think about things you know you shouldn't have to go into anything and worry if your, your body's going to fail you, you know, will I be able to do this or feeling worried that you're going to be judged? Um, and I think, you know, I, I did great and show that I can move and we can move. It doesn't matter what your physical ability is. It doesn't matter your size, your age. And it it was such a great show. Loved it. No, it was
2: great. And it was really good for other people to, to see that as well. So, you know, maybe maybe, you know, young women or slightly older women sitting watching at home mm. who maybe aren't a size ten, um, you know, yeah. saying, Hey, look at look at Judy Go, this is fantastic. I'm yeah. gonna do that then. You know, yeah. I'll I'm imagine that and imagine. That was without Prosecco. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, imagine with the Prosecco. That would have been good. They should film that.
1: Do, do a Before stri- Strictly comes on on Saturday night, they
2: should have a party before. I <laughs> know they should. Open bar. Ah, it sounds good to yeah, me. It be sounds very good funny. to me. It um, really does.
1: You mentioned trolls, and I don't want to get too much into it because I don't really want to give them time of day. But how do you deal with it? Because I know, mum you just block I mute and you don't you, yes. mute, I mute, them, you mute that's what I you do mute them I so block they don't them. know that they're blocked so they yeah. just keep doing it but actually they're just talking to themselves
2: yes yes. and, and I know and comments I try, wise yeah. you don't read anything I try not to Judy because it does yeah. you know what it's like 99 people can say oh you're fabulous and then one yeah. wee horrible person says mm. something really awful and really personal mm. what do you remember the horrible one the yeah. <laughs> you can't yeah. help yourself we're yeah. human beings you know this is mm. the thing yeah
0: well, the thing is, Maya Angelou says you you, you you can forget what someone says, but you can't forget how they made you feel. She was mm. such so a wise we... woman, yes. She was. So Dr Maya Angelou, should I say, the late Dr Maya Angelou. But what I'd say, it's always about us protecting ourselves emotionally. That's the most important thing. And I think people um, see you in the public eye. And you know, yeah, we smile a lot, and we're here to entertain and and to have that feel good factors. But we're human, mm. and things sometimes can can seep in. So I always try to protect my mental health and emotional health. Um, there's times I have read things, and I will be like, "Well, see you tomorrow." I won't say the swear word, but you know, <laughs> we I know. my. my <laughs> You know, so I'm just like, well, guess what? You're going to see me on BBC, ITV, and Channel Four today and tomorrow. Yeah. So you better turn your TV off. That's my thing. And now I I don't respond nah, to anything no. because don't, don't give them the power. They want yeah. Don't yeah. give them the
2: power. No,
1: mm.
2: no, definitely not. I think you're you're a very very wise wise woman. Absolutely. Um, Thank you. You what I think is really great about you as well. You've got a fantastic personality I mean you know you're a woman to go out with and you know we would love to go out and share two or three <gasps> bottles of wine out. with you We're yeah gonna, let's go let's out let's
0: go out and twerk I, I say, know yeah. I know <laughs> you, you are uh, I want, Lorraine that would go viral oh my God, uh, I don't Lorraine.
2: know if I actually I do not, want to I, see that
0: to <laughs> Look, Rosie let me tell you something
2: your mum is a hot sauce and I know
0: she can twerk
2: okay uh, okay I know but it's good but what do you do at home are you much quieter or is this just you is this, or is it just a uh, sort of you a little bit late or a little mm. bit more though. Yeah,
0: this is pro- this is probably me a little bit sure. less. I think what it is as, as 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 people, we have different hats, isn't it? So sure. when I'm at home with the kids, I was saying to someone today I was having an interview and they were like, Oh, your 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 comedy was a bit saucy, it was about sex. What are you just your kids see your comedy? I said, Well, one's 17 and one's 13. And when I had no babysitters, I was that mum. I brought them to the show. Sure. Sit down, don't move. And then hear what I've got to say, but they know not to repeat. But so when I'm at home, when I'm not there, when I'm there, should I say, when I'm at home, no, I'm not sitting down having a conversation with them about, well, mum went on a date with a man with small teeth. I'm not doing that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm, I'm still being funny, mummy. But in the context that is for their age and stuff. Mm. So they know that mummy will go on TV and will do adult stuff or mummy will be a bit more heightened. But I suppose with friends and family, th- this is
2: it. Yeah, it's this, great. this is it. I know. I think that's why, you're, am... why you've been so successful. Yeah. It's, it's just you. You know, it's just you. It's, I can't change. No, it's, please don't. Just... Please don't. Oh, thank you. Um,
1: We are going to do our last question now. Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh, no. It's so fast. just so fast. Just crazy. Um. Uh, so we get guests to tell us their biggest fail, regret and win. Mm. Mm-hmm. So we'll start with fail. Biggest, and
2: biggest fail? It doesn't have to be anything huge, does it? Could it could be something very silly. It could be something very silly.
0: So one time I was asked by this guy that I fancied for so many years to go on holiday and I didn't go because I was so worried about what I'd look like in a bikini. Oh, no. my God. Oh, Judy. What the hell was I thinking? I,
2: I mean, know. I had, I,
0: he, he missed out on all of this meat. I, I mean, honestly, I just, oh, my,
2: I would never do it. You could ask me now. <laughs> yeah, well, let's find him. <laughs> let's find him and, and get him to ask you. Do you know but that's I, so just, I, that's so interesting, though, because I remember going to holiday years ago when you were a baby um, and I still hadn't lost all the baby weight, you know, because it's hard. It's hard yeah. to do that. Yeah, and yeah. I was glad, get this studio. I was glad that it rained when we were on holiday so that I didn't no. have to wear the swimming costume. Isn't that ridiculous? And I could no, and it, I could go is. back and, and give myself a slap, actually. Mm. Yeah,
0: it's <laughs> little things like that. And we talk about the baby weight. Look, I've been saying like, it's hard for me to get rid of the baby weight. My babies are seventeen and thirteen, okay? <laughs> but what I'd say is every groove, every roll, every, you know, stretch mark this is my PowerPoint. This this shows what this body has done yep. and the greatness that it can do. You know, whether you've had kids or not, whatever you've got it could be a scar. It could be... It shows what, you know, it's it's a map of your life and we just have to appreciate because that same thing that we're troubled by actually helps us to get around, actually helps us to connect with people, sure. to see loved ones, to be present, to do jobs that we love. And, and that's the main thing. Mm. Your biggest regret... I my biggest regret, possibly, is, I mean, taking all those opportunities a bit more to tell people how much you love them or how much you, you see them, mm. you know, and, and that includes even myself. You know, I regret not being, when I was younger, not taking those opportunities to say to me, you know what, Jesus, yeah, you're enough, you know what, you're great, oh, I love you, and the same with people who have seen done great things because you're shy or you don't know how you're going to be, you know, presented or you know perceived just saying you know what what you did was great it was it was, it was amazing like I, I don't know you that well but i just just love something about you and mm. i wish you the best of luck we get so worried about how we'd be perceived that sometimes that one word that you could say to somebody could plant a seed in them, yeah and and yeah. and that's that's the most i regret
1: mm. um and finally your biggest win Oh, my biggest win—that is so hard. I
0: think my biggest win is—is is, would say I'd say being present mm-hmm. and being seen, you know, and um, having those these opportunities um, to be in spaces where I never thought I could be, and maybe others thought that they couldn't be, and in engaging with amazing women like yourself, um, and and in every engagement I have, it enriches my life. So I feel like it enriches my life, it enriches my children's life. And I'm talking about emotionally and spiritually and mentally. So I think that is my biggest win, being my authentic self and being present and being seen. Yeah, and obviously my tour. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I can't believe I'm on tour. So I'm going on tour in March um, until October. My first UK national tour, and I'm 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 overwhelmed with like excitement and Mm. nerves
2: and yeah. So that's that's brilliant. That's going to be a cracker. That is going to be a cracker. Are you all over the country? Are you everywhere?
0: I'm all over. We start in Liverpool. We've got Bristol, Chelmsford. Stoke, I think we're in um, Cardiff, Edinburgh, London, um, Birmingham. A few places are sold out already. S- Southend, We're going to put some more dates back in, and um, hopefully Leeds and Brighton. So I'm I'm just wow. like I keep nice. look, looking <laughs> at the fly, and we've called it the One Like Judy Love because mm. I was trying to find one name, and I thought. No, let me just, like, you're coming to see the one like Judy Love. This is this is who I am. I do it on my Monday motivation. I'll say, hey, yes, what's up, people? It's me, the one like Judy Love. <laughs> so I thought, let that be my title. Sounds and good. you were like, yeah, I just went and saw the one like Judy Love.
1: Yeah.
0: You got guest tickets. Don't worry, so we're
1: Over there now, we're, we'll there, think, we're yeah. there Judy what a joy thank you so much that was so lovely oh
0: thank you thank you so much and Lorraine and Rosa what you're doing is so amazing um, I don't think you realise how much people's hearts you touch how much people you inspire including myself and it's absolutely an honour to be on the podcast with oh, you too oh thank
2: you we love you yeah. I was talking I was talking Loved today you. no I was ju- thank you so much I was just wanted to say this morning when I was telling everybody that we, I was going to be interviewing you <laughs> yes yeah, someone and, told me and the crew and all the the sound people who, you know, they've seen everybody, they know things, absolutely adore you. I'm sure you know oh, that. So I'm so... sure you know that anyway. But they, they all were like, oh, my God, she's amazing. Because they see everybody. And they see everybody they not with see. their red light face on. Hmm. They see people, the, oh, do you know what I mean?
0: Girl, oh, <laughs> girl, no, 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 just sit my, let me sit my jeans. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, you they know, really sometimes do. Sometimes people... Sometimes people forget Like you know it, All these power dynamics of People are people And sure. you don't know What situation You'll need somebody mm. else And someone might be a runner Or doing the. Mu- we all need each
1: other To Absolutely. make this one Absolutely. great show
0: Or this one great event And it comes to respect And love And yeah. that's the main thing
1: And that runner Might be in charge one day Yes indeed
2: Giving you so, a job This is what <laughs>
0: This is what I'm This is, is why some saying. people Do not work anymore <laughs> Yeah exactly <laughs> There are <no laughs> lot of people
2: That don't work anymore Because of that Judy you're a joy Uh, thank you so so much for doing that I know that Alec will probably talk to you about just um, you call everyone Alex Alec do I you do do it with my Alex as well do I you always say Alex do I all the time (laughs) all the time you have to you need to put this in the podcast this is a proper moment (laughs) moment. no she's right she's absolutely right Alex 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 Judy thank you gorgeous lady have a lovely lovely day thank you so much love you